tax on the Roth conversion from money out of the IRA. If you do the math and you ignore estate planning implications and you ignore uh, the reduction on minimum required distribution, it ends up being a break even mathematically. But we do have minimum required distribution reduction. We do have estate tax implications. So the answer was, yeah, you're better off, but not by nearly as much as if you have a different source of money that isn't taxable to pay the taxes on the Roth conversion. And one of the sources of that money, and by the way, this is a little preparation, uh, so you might have some temporary stomach issues after I present this possible answer, is that sometimes the money to pay the tax on the Roth conversion, if you don't have the money to pay it with after-tax dollars, can come from a home equity loan. Ooh, can just see the pain right now. One of our advisors told me, Jim, don't ever tell anybody that. They will just hate you and they will just immediately think that you're an idiot because who in their right mind would take out a home equity loan, all right? Which, is, which by the way, of course, is non-taxable. Use that money to pay a Roth IRA, uh, the, the tax on a Roth conversion, maybe pay it back after your minimum required distribution start, maybe never paying it back. But this is what I will tell you, we have run numbers and very often this is a good strategy and it does pass the math test. Now it might not pass the stomach test. My thinking is as much as, a math per as I am a math person, you have to protect the stomach too. And if you can't stand it and you're not gonna sleep well, just don't do it. And I probably, that's the majority of people. They've spent 20, 30 years paying off their mortgage. They're finally paid up. Then they hear me, oh yeah, do a Roth conversion, take out the money on a home equity loan. And they just don't want to hear it. But sometimes if they say, well, I'll think about it. And then they see the numbers and they realize that sometimes over time, and particularly after they're gone, their kids are hundreds of thousands of dollars better off because they did this strategy. They might go, well, okay, maybe I'll, I will think about this. Uh, we did an article with Forbes.com uh, that you can find by going to Forbes.com called Let Your House Pay for Your Roth IRA Conversion. That was a very popular article. Then you have Medicare premiums, um, typically Medicare Part B. And if you do a Roth conversion, that's going to bump your income, which could very easily bump your premium for Medicare Part B. And one simplistic way of looking at it is, gee, I do a Roth conversion and I have to, and it puts me into a higher tax bracket for Medicare Part B, maybe I shouldn't do it. On the other hand, yes, it will push you into a higher tax bracket, um, but in future years, because that money will be a Roth, that money will not be subject to minimum required distributions, so you could be in a lower tax bracket. So it, and again, you know, what's the right answer for you? I'm gonna go back to my standby, which is it depends, but that is a, uh, cons a, a consideration. And to me, again, I'm gonna go back to, it's not a matter of opinion, it's a matter of math. And the best way to do it is to run the numbers and preferably have somebody that's not, that's, that's really a, you have to be a tax veteran to do this, in my opinion, to do this effectively. Um, and the people we have 
running numbers for Roth IRA conversions. You know, they all have, some of them, by the way, have 30 years experience, but they all have at least 10 years um, as number crunchers and people who understand the tax code and people who are good with spreadsheets. The other thing is we're in a different environment. Like 20 years ago, I would say, oh man, these Roth conversions are wonderful. This is so great. Look at how much better off your family's gonna be. Wow. And that was true. Now, and I'm not saying that that still isn't true, but now I'm a little bit more, if you don't do Roth conversions, you and your family are gonna get annihilated with taxes. So kind of the strategy has gone from offense to defense. And that is important because some people like to play offense, some people like to play defense, some people like to do both, which of course is the way I am. But playing defense is pretty important, uh, particularly if we're looking at significantly higher tax brackets and tax rates in the long run. And also we are looking at the miserable SECURE Act. Okay, so now we're gonna go into some of the more sophisticated strategies, all right? And I said that before, going from the tax taxable to the tax-free environment might even be better than a Roth conversion. Gee, Jim, what, what could be better than a Roth conversion? So, and, and this is probably for, this is probably for people who have more money than they are likely to ever spend during their lifetime. They don't want to blow it, which, which I sometimes advocate. I won't say blow it, but they, um, but they, they are very interested in their child or grandchild's long-term financial security. Uh, and this is an old strategy, by the way, that makes even more sense today for a lot of people. It's where you take a chunk, and by the way, the old strategy was just used by life insurance guys to sell life insurance. I'm gonna use this strategy um, for a whole host of other, other possibilities other than life insurance. So you take a chunk of an IRA, and you pay the taxes on it, all right? So now you're left with, let's call it the amount of money in after you've paid the taxes on the IRA. So you have plain old after-tax dollars. So let's say for discussion sake, you not convert, you just take out $100,000 from your IRA, and you have to write a check for $24,000. So now you have $100,000 of after-tax dollars. And what you do with that $100,000, or it could be more or less, but this is just the concept. You're, again, you're paying income taxes on the withdrawal, you're left with after-tax dollars, and you take that money, or at least a portion of that money, and you gift it to your heirs, who, them, who they in turn invest in something tax-free. So let's say, for example, that you cash in a portion of your IRA, you pay the tax, and you use it to buy a 529 plan for your grandchildren's education which grows, assuming they take it out for educational purposes, income tax-free growth, right? Or 
They use it for their own, again, child or grandchild, for their own Roth IRA, Roth 401k, their own Roth conversion, all right? Well, again, you're going from the taxable environment to the tax-free environment for one of your heirs. They could use the money for a health savings account, uh, which by the way, are wonderful. They're even better than Roth, by the way, because you get a deduction going in, grows tax-free, and if you take it out for qualifying use, it is a tax-free distribution. So I, I guess theoretically you could do it for your own, but I'm, the, the flow of this is taking some money from your IRA, paying the tax, having some after-tax dollars left, and then gifting it to your heirs who are then investing it in something tax-free. And then the life insurance people would say, well, life insurance also. And if you think about all these strategies, they're really kind of similar to a Roth conversion, right? Because you're taking some IRA money, you're paying the taxes on that IRA money, you're left with after-tax dollars, and that those after-tax dollars are invested in something that's grown tax-free. But the reason why it might be better than a Roth is because it's grown outside of your estate. And whether you have a potential federal estate tax, or even let's say you're a Pennsylvania resident or a resident of one of the many other states, like California or New York or other that have a transfer tax, you are reducing the taxes there. And you're also potentially lowering your taxes, income taxes, and the income taxes of your children. So that's a really interesting strategy. Um, and that is, so we started with don't pay taxes now, pay taxes later. Then we had the first major exception, don't pay taxes now, pay taxes later, except for the Roth. Now I'm introducing a third exception, don't pay taxes now, except for the Roth, except for in, in many situations, going from the taxable to the tax-free environment, but outside of your estate. Very cool strategy uh, that we've been using. I've been presenting some of these advanced strategies to some of the advanced CPA classes that I have taken, um, and it just works out really well. Another advanced strategy, although I think a lot of people are doing it, our clients have been doing it for a long time, um, which is assuming that you are still working or even one of you, that is you're married and one of you are still working, all right? And your income exceeds $144,000, uh, that typically will throw you uh, into an income bracket that is too high to make a Roth contribution. Let's assume you don't have any other IRAs. What you can do, and we call this the backdoor Roth, I've been doing it for years, you make a uh, $7,000 uh, Roth if you're 50 or older, uh, I'm sorry, after tax contribution to an IRA, a $7,000 after tax contribution to uh, an IRA for your spouse, and then you make a Roth conversion the same day, and basically that's the same as doing a $14,000 Roth contribution, but you got around those income limits. You do that for a bunch of years, that can be very valuable for your long-term um, retirement and estate planning. So again, I've been doing that for years. I've been uh, advocating it for my clients for years. Uh, and again, you're getting around those income 
uh, limitations. I did say you can't have an IRA uh, because then you run into the proration rules, which I am not going to get into because I have uh, too many more important concepts that I would prefer talking about because they're fun. And the proration rules are not fun, uh, but you do have to know about them. Uh, a very advanced strategy doesn't apply to a lot of people, but if you have a lot of room to make a contribution to a retirement plan, you can put up to $30,000. Now, this is you writing a check for thirty up to $30,000 into your 401k. So we're going the wrong, a different way. You're writing a check. And again, the plan has to allow this. So not a lot of people are going to qualify, but you take $30,000, you write a check, and this is after tax dollars, into your retirement plan at work. Then you, and you have to get this right, but then you convert that to a Roth IRA, you don't have to pay the tax. And what you have in effect is like a $30,000 Roth contribution. I love doing this. Again, we can't do it too often for too many people, but boy, does that work out really well. And that is one of the advanced strategies that sometimes comes up um, that hardly anybody even knows about. More advanced techniques. I love some of these techniques. All right, this one is something that I've been doing since 1998. So this is for people who have some after-tax dollars inside their IRA or 401k, but I'm just gonna assume it's in the IRA. How could you have after-tax dollars in your IRA? Remember in the old days, they used to have non-deductible IRAs. You did it, and even though you didn't get a deduction, the money grew tax deferred. Or let's say that you were working you were allowed to put more money in your retirement plan than you were allowed to deduct. But since the money grew tax deferred, you did it anyway. We have a lot of engineers from Westinghouse who have $50,000, dollars $200,000 in after-tax dollars inside their 401k, or I'm going to assume an IRA, all right? Usually what happens with this is it's nothing. The advisor ignores it, which is really bad, or they take money out pro rata, meaning they're not paying taxes on the portion that is um, after tax. But you can, if you're willing to jump through a few hoops, separate the coffee from the cream, right? The problem is the proration rules, which I'm not going to get into it at length, but the point is you can't just say, oh, okay, I have a million dollars in my IRA total um, and I have $100,000 of after-tax dollars in my IRA. I just want to convert the after-tax dollars since those after-tax dollars have basis, I don't have to pay any tax. Wouldn't that be fun? It's like making a $100,000 Roth conversion from the after-tax dollars for free. Well, that'd be great, but you have the proration rules to worry about, which basically says, no, you can only do that for 10% or you know, the pro rata amount. Well, here's a way of getting around the proration rules. And if you do this, and we've been doing it for years, the benefits over time, now it's not tomorrow, but maybe over 40 years, is often hundreds of thousands of dollars, and it doesn't cost you a nickel. 
Uh, Ed Slott calls this separating the coffee from the cream. All right, so what you do, and let's assume for discussion's sake that you're doing a little consulting or you could do a little consulting, and I don't care if you make as little as $5,000, but some, or maybe you have an existing 401k or 403b. So you have this retirement plan, but, but let's keep it simple where you have all the control. Let's assume it's a one person 401k plan. So you establish that, maybe you just have 5,000, you're retired, but maybe you do a little consulting on the side. Um, you have, and you make $5,000. And I don't even care about the Roth contribution, although you could do that too. So what you do is you take the pre-tax dollars from your IRA. In the old example, I said you have a million dollars total, 900,000 pre-tax, 100,000 after tax. So you take the $900,000 pre-tax and you roll that into your 401k plan. It has to be a special plan. And the plan has to say, we will not accept any after-tax dollars in our 401k. You want to do a rollover, fine, but we're not going to accept any after-tax dollars. So now you have $900,000 in your one-person 401k plan. You have $100,000 of after-tax dollars in your, um, in your IRA. Now, you would think that the proration rules would combine IRAs and 401ks, and that would be fair, if you will, but that's not what they have to do. They make an exception and say, you don't have to combine IRAs and 401ks for the proration rules, and that what you can do is you can convert the after-tax dollars in your IRA to a Roth IRA without having to pay the tax. That is so cool. So you can see um, the figure here where you have a traditional IRA that has both you know, traditional IRA and it has after-tax dollars. You'll roll over the pre-tax dollars to an employer-qualified plan. And one of those employer-qualified plans is a special one-person 401k plan. So you really, and you have to take minimum required distributions on that. So it's, you really haven't changed the nature of what you're doing, but you also are left with $100,000 in the after-tax dollars inside the IRA. You convert that to a Roth IRA. You don't have to pay the tax. So what you've in effect done is $100,000 Roth IRA of after-tax dollars without having to pay the tax. And if you run that forward for you know, 20, 30, 40 years, uh, probably something that you're going to do for your heirs, not for yourself, but the difference can literally be hundreds of thousands of dollars. So this is a very cool strategy and hardly anybody does it. Foundation 